Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors are right here every week on Next on the Tee. Join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is top 100 instructor Tom Patry. Tom has become such a wonderful friend of the show and someone I always look forward to getting to spend some time with. He grew up out there on Middle Island on Long Island, New York. He snuck into Shinnecock Hills as a kid, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. 1973, Tom won the Long Island Boys Championship and the Long Island Private Schools Championship. In all, he won 15 times as a junior golfer. Played his college golf at at Florida Southern, where he was a two-time first-team All-American. He led Florida Southern to the Division II National Championship back in 1981, and he won the individual honors. 1992, he was inducted into the Sunshine State Conference Hall of Fame. He turned pro and played professionally from 81 to 88 in the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Europe, and over in South Africa as well. He later became the director of golf instruction at Westchester Country Club, site of the Westchester Classic and several other PGA and LPGA Tour events. He was named the Teacher of the Year everywhere he's been so far. Golf Magazine has named him a a Top 100 instructor every year since 2000. He's also an excellent writer. His work can be found in numerous publications like Golf Magazine, Golf Digest, Golf Illustrated, to name just a few. Plus, he's written a wonderful book, The The Six-Spoke Approach to Golf, which is a five-star rated book out on Amazon.com. Next week, he's going to be back at Shinnecock Hills for the U.S. Open, helping to run the practice facility, and I'm extremely honored he is with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, T.P., thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, how the heck are you doing, pal? Nice to hear your voice. I appreciate you, Tom. Great to have you back. So, uh, Tom, tell me, growing up on Long Island as a kid, sneaking out on the Shinnecock Hills, what's it like being back there now and doing the work you're going to be doing for the U.S. Open and helping them out at the practice range? You know, Chris, I am so excited about this Open. Uh, The way this all happened is that one of my really dear friends from college I played college golf against, as a matter of fact, Jack Drug is the head professional at Shinnecock now, and about a year ago, uh, when Jack was trying to organize things as far as the practice facility was concerned, you know, knowing that, you know, I ran the facility at the Buick Classic at Westchester for 11 years, he said, TP, I need some help, and uh, would you come out for the week and spend some time with us? And I, I jumped at it, Chris. You know, Shinnecock was a place as a kid growing up on the east end of Long Island that, you know, was kind of like, you know, the Sistine Chapel. I mean, it was a place that you revered, you're a public course kid, and you dreamed of uh, playing Shinnecock someday. So, you know, I couldn't resist, so as a kid I would... uh you know, when, when I got my driver's license, I would I would uh, drive the car up to the top of Tuckahoe Road, and uh, you know, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons were very different back then. Because after the holiday weekend passed, the place was a ghost town. Not like today, where it really stays busy out there almost year round now. Back then, after the holiday weekend, it was really quiet, and I'd park the car at the top of Tuckahoe Road. And what people don't know is you can actually play, you can play several of the back holes at Shinnecock, go through a little tiny path, play a couple holes at National Golf Links, and if you go the other way. You could play a couple holes at Southampton Golf Club. So I would kind of do this loop out there and uh, play a couple holes at Southampton, a couple holes at Shinnecock, and a couple holes at National, really in, uh, in complete you know, obscurity because there was nobody around. And uh, it was their childhood memories that, uh, you know, uh, I carry with me forever. It was just a special time. And to go back and walk in the front door now is a lot easier, but uh, it's a place that uh, is very dear to me. 
So, Tom, talk about the practice facility there. What's it like, you know, kind of let us live a little bit through your eyes. When you see the practice facility and the work you're going to be doing there, what do you see? Well, you know, basically, you know, what Jack's going to ask several PGA professionals to do is kind of supervise the operations from day to day. Now, listen, the Open is our national championship, so things have to be perfect for these guys. Not close, not okay. They have to be perfect. So, Pretty big undertaking. I mean, you know, back in the old days, they, they put all one brand of golf ball, which I won't mention because I'm not plugging anybody here, on the golf range at all or tour events. Now these guys are so specialized and so demanding, you know, there's, there's going to be Callaway golf balls, Titleist golf balls, Bridgestone golf balls, and you have to get your crew, and when these, these professionals have hit them, go out and get them, clean them, and then separate them and get them back ready to be hit again. So there's a big turnover of golf balls. Uh, there's a lot of demand. Those guys hit a lot of golf balls, obviously, getting ready for the event and during the event. So there's a lot of turnaround that has to be done very, very quickly, very perfectly. You know, filling, filling divots, making sure the place is in great shape. Uh, you know, water on the tee. You know, running errands for those guys. You know, making things sure get things get done. Getting messages to them if need be. You know, you know, during the practice round, you know, the press is kind of around. There's just a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. Um, and, you know, you want to treat them the way they should be treated at a national championship. So you have to be on your toes. I mean, the day will start at about 4.30 a.m. and it will probably end about 9.30 or 10 o'clock p.m. most days. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a long week. It's, you know, I'm there Sunday to Sunday. Um, I'm really, really blessed. My wife, Denise, is going to come up for the week with us and, and be around. Um, so it's, it's going to be a very special week. And, uh, and Jack's a very dear friend. And the last thing I want to do is let him down during his first his first open as a professional, as a host professional. So, um, although I'm excited, you know, you're going to be you better get out of the car with your boxing gloves on because you're going to be going right away. Tom, I want to get your thoughts thinking about the tournament as a as a guy who's played there many times. T- tell me about the golf course. You know, what are going to be some of the factors that uh, that we're going to want to be watching for? And since it's out there on Long Island, how much of a factor is the wind going to come into play? You know, Chris, I'll tell you a funny story. The first time I played Shinnecock as a professional walking in the front door instead of sneaking on holes as a kid, um, which is a long time ago, during my Westchester days, a member at Westchester who was also a member on the East End took me out there to play. And it was so exciting to play there for the first time, you know, walking in the front door, hitting some balls, warming up and playing. And the very first time I played there, I shot 68. I birdied 15, 16, 17, and 18 and shot 68. Well, I can promise you that I've never come close to that since then. But the golf course is um, is a different golf course this year. It's kind of different than we've seen in the last couple opens there. The fairways are going to be a little bit wider than they played last time. Not much, but a little bit wider. But there's been several new tee boxes built. Um, for example, the second hole is a pretty demanding uphill par three to a kind of a crown green, and it plays quite a bit uphill. And it's the kind of hole, Chris, that if, if I was hitting a a three, four, five iron into, I'd be very concerned about getting the ball to stay and stop on the green under U.S. Open conditions. Well, they built a new tee box that I, I I can't imagine them using, but if they wanted to, they could. That extends all the way back to 285 yards. So oh, I want you to think about that. System. So a 285-yard par three uphill to a crown green in east end of Long Island, windy conditions. And if people have never been to Long Island or to the east end, the area that Shinnecock is built on, from from one shoreline being the you know the Potomac Bay to the to the to the south, which is the which is the Atlantic Ocean, 
is not a very wide swath of land. Um, so it, it blows out there pretty good. So, and, and Shinnecock is a very much a link style golf course with very few trees on the property. So picture hitting a, a 285 yard shot. So that's a good, that's a nice short par four for me now at, at 59 years old, uphill to a crown green. But I don't, I don't picture him putting it back there, but what if you're Zach Johnson? You know, and certainly go back a few years. What if you were Corey Pavin? So the game's changed a lot. Um, and there have been several other tees built that really extend the golf course, so they can play this place pretty darn long if they want to. I'm sure they'll be very cognizant of wind conditions, depending on which way the wind blows out of the south, north, or north. Um, certain holes will be very, very different in, than the last Shinnecock Open we saw there. Tom, speaking of par threes out on that golf course, Lee Trevino once called the par three 160-yard 11th hole the shortest par five in golf. Talk about why. You know, 11, 11 is a hole that I've had a couple of very successful rounds on and a couple of actual tragedies on. It's um, it's not a very long hole. I mean, it, it, can, it can be a wedge in certain wind conditions. It could be a six or seven iron. Um, it's straight uphill. Um, you don't really see the, the base of the green from the tee. It's protected in the, in the front by a pretty massive bunker. It's not, a, I mean, it's the smallest little tiny green you've ever seen in your life, Chris. And if you miss it on either right or left sides, it's really a very severe runoff. And then the pitch shot back from those sides to keep it on the surface is sometimes seems impossible. So it's one of those short iron shots that, you know, a tour player would expect they'd knock it on that green every time. But it doesn't take much to miss that green. You, you can hit a relatively, you can hit a not so bad shot and miss that surface on an edge or spin it, and it's really running a long ways off the surface. And the up and downs are, I can see somebody during the open very easily playing ping pong there a couple of times and making six or seven without doing a whole hell of a lot wrong. Um, it's a nasty little golf hole, and, and if the wind's blowing, if there's a crosswind blowing there of any kind, it is a real pain in the neck. I'm being kind. <laughs> so, Tom, what what kind of player does Shinnecock Hills favor? Is it you know a left to right player? Is it a right to left player? You know, is it is the premium on putting? Is the premium on chipping? Who who? What type of player should we expect to see have success out there? Well, that that's a great question, Chris, and I and I, I, I I'm not trying to avoid the answer, but. You know, I don't know what the USGA is planning on doing as far as course setup in terms of length. I'm sure in today's day and age, it's certainly going to play 73 or 7,400 yards long, par 70. So, you know, length is definitely a factor. Uh, the, the fairways will be a little wider than than the last open, although not extremely wide. We've had a lot of rain on Long Island. I've been only been up here for about 10 days now. Started teaching about 10 days ago up here. Um, and I've had two afternoons of rainouts already. I'm sure they're praying that the rain stops between now and next week. We get some wind and we drive the place out so it plays a little firmer and fast. And, and of course, does drain very well. So if you get just a, just a stretch of dry weather here, which we're supposed to have now, and the wind blows a little, they'll be, they'll be, they'll, they'll firm up okay. Um, you've got to drive the golf ball and play, you know, you've got to have the ball not only in the fairway, but on the right side of the fairway for the, for the, for the pin location. It's a very strategic golf course. Um, you just can't bomb it around. Although length is a fact, you can't just bomb it around there because you have to position the golf ball to, you know, to, to, to attack certain pin positions from the right angle. It's a really, really strategic golf course. Um, 
the putting surfaces are are very very I would call them sneaky undulated. They're not they're not wildly undulated, but there is at, at the speeds they're going to play at. There's a lot of movement. Um, it's very, and you got to be a very good reader of the green because they're very subtle movements in some places. Um, it's a it's a really good test of golf. And if the wind blows or, or it gets really sideways out there, man, you got your hands full. I, a very good ball striker for sure. An excellent ball striker with medium to long length. Um, and somebody that's extremely patient in their demeanor. So, Tom, wh what are one or two things that you think we should be watching for that could be pivotal throughout the tournament, right? Take note of this or, you know, be sure to watch for that because this is where the tournament could be won or lost. Well, I, I think certainly, you know, um, 9, 10, 11, the, you know, 9 is a very good finish to the front 9. 10 is a really good hole over a hill to, you know, down into a valley to a very uphill kind of blind second shot. 11, which we just talked about, the little par 3, is a real pain in the neck. That little stretch is pretty good. And then, you know, I, and it, by the way, there's no weak stretch. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, 15, 16, 17, and 18 are, are a really good finish. Um, 16 is a par 5 that plays back to the clubhouse that, you know, guys were getting very close to in two. Uh, if not in the front bunker in the last open, and they built a new tee box there almost 75 or 80 yards further back. I think, I think, Chris, if I'm not wrong, it can play as long as 660 now. And if it oh. plays 660 into a, into a southerly wind, uh, it can be a little bit longer than the Long Island Expressway. So, um, <laughs> that'll be, that could be a, a, a really interesting par five hole. Um, you know, and, and I say that as a 59-year-old, but these guys hit the ball so long, you know, it's it's incredible. And 17 is a wonderful par three hole with a with a really good putting surface. And then 18, again, the tee's been backed up there, I think, 50 yards. You know, that's where Paven hit that forward, beautiful forward in there to seal his victory. Um, it's 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 a it's a monster of a finishing hole. So. There's a couple of really good stretches there. There's no real let up on the golf course. There's no stretch on that golf course where I say, you know, this is the easy stretch. I don't, there isn't an easy stretch. It's, it's, it's game on from the first tee. So, um, if you want to watch something, you better watch all 18 holes because this can happen. You can have a tragedy just about anywhere out there. There's no, there's no let up on the golf course. Tom, just a couple more before we let you go. First, to wrap up the idea of the U.S. Open in Shinnecock, anything else that you've seen so far that has stuck out to you or that you're looking forward to seeing when you spend more time out there that, uh, that will strike, uh, whether it's us as viewers or the players when they're out there on the golf course? You know, Chris, I, you know, I, most of my friends here know that, and you, you know that in the, in the 90s, I did some coaching on the PGA Tour, some coaching on the LPGA Tour, um, and, and I don't do much of that anymore. I, you know, I, I, that was an earlier part of my life and I've chosen to stay home and be with my family more in my recent times. So I don't get out to many tour events anymore. I, I took a day this, this winter and I spent a day at Bay Hill. Joey LaCava, who's Tiger's caddy, is a good friend of ours, Denise's of mine. And we spent a little time with Joey up at Bay Hill. And I hadn't been on at a, at a PGA tour event probably in about two years at that point. And it, it's, Although I understand it and I hear it and I see it on TV and I uh, I occasionally have a guy come to visit me in Naples for a little bit of work, you know, I, it's just incredible how far these guys hit it. So I have not seen Kepka live. I have not, not seen Dustin Johnson live. 
and I'm going to be on the range this week, you know, you know, writing back at these guys for seven days. And, uh, I've still got some friends that are tour officials that are, that are helping the USGA. I've got some friends at the USGA. Um, I've got a couple of friends with a caddy on the PGA tour and I, I've got some friends that play the tour still that are younger guys that I know. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this collection of talent close for the first time and really watch the ball striking and, and the work ethic and, and things that go into it. And then, of course, there'll be every every great teacher in the world will be there and uh, guys that I know that I don't get to see much anymore, so I'm looking forward to catching up with some guys um, and, and, you know, and, and sharing some things with them. So it's going to be a really exciting week, so I'm really pumped about it. But the thing I'm really looking forward to the most, Chris, is that I haven't done it yet, is I'm really looking forward to some East End Lobster. That's that's the whole <laughs> the whole that's the whole the whole key for the week is to eat as many lobsters as I possibly can in those eight days. That's the that's my main goal. <laughs> that's a heck of a goal. I'm jealous of you for being able yeah, to do it, but good for you. I hope I hope it's all very tasty and you yeah, get some could, really I nice could, big could, ones. Good for if, you. If you just if you scrape all this stuff away, I could care less about the golf. It's about the lobster. <laughs> That's fantastic. I I, I got to get one tip from you, Tom, because uh, I'm I'm heading out here Thursday for my uh, my annual boys weekend uh, to go play some golf up at uh, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat in beautiful Nashville, Indiana. I can't wait to get there. So I need I need a tip from you that's going to separate me from the pack. And the and the biggest thing that uh, I could use your help on is is the difference between or the decision strategically to pitch the ball. Versus bump and run it. When, when, if, if I'm 50 yards off the green and I got a back pin placement, am I should I should I pitch it there to the back and try to stop it, or am I should I be bumping and running that shot? Well, Chris, it all comes down to conditions in front of you. If you've got really closely mown conditions, it's firm and fast, and you can get the ball on the ground and tumbling pretty safely without any nooks or crannies or really crazy stuff going on or any you know any bad spots. It's always safer to keep the ball on the ground even with your pristine touch and great hands. Um, so I, I, would always, I would always prefer to keep the ball on the ground if I could. If my feel is good, I've got distance control, and, I, and, I, and I've got some good touch. You know, pitching the golf ball, every time you make a longer stroke with more off at a higher rate of speed, you have more risk. So if you can take some of that risk out of, out of there, that, that's a big deal. But let me give you one other tip, things that, that keeps coming up and resonating in my lessons. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to give you the tip. Have you ever seen an athlete, Chris, in any sport, Gretzky in hockey, Derek Jeter playing shortstop, Michael Jordan playing basketball, or anybody in the PGA Tour, a great gymnast or anybody, have you ever seen a great athlete with bad footwork? Yeah, no. Absolutely not. No, never. So I can't understand why the average player doesn't understand that the way they use their feet is going to affect how they use their legs. How they use their legs is going to affect how they rotate their hips, and it's going to affect how, how they're able to balance themselves as they pivot or release their body through the shot. Everybody out there in, in, in podcast land, work on your footwork. Get your footwork perfected, and then everything above it will fall into place. Footwork, footwork, footwork. And as the great Jordan Newton said in his book, he used the word balance probably 100 times in, in 120 pages. You've got to be balanced, and you've got to have great footwork. Tom, for all of us like me who need more help with our games, let our listeners know where you're going to be teaching this summer. Yeah, Chris, I, I've got a great summer. I'm, I'm, I'm at uh, beautiful Colonial Springs on Long Island in Farmingdale, not far from Bethpage Black. 
uh, one week a month. Those dates are posted on my website at www.tompatry.com. I am in Maryland uh, about four days a month, and that's, that's posted on my website as well. I'm doing seven golf schools at uh, Saratoga National in Saratoga, New York. Uh, four dates are still available out of the seven. And then I've got a new program, Chris, called The Doctor Makes House Calls, where anybody can contact me and have me come to them at their site with the permission of their host professional to work with them. What a great birthday gift, a surprise for somebody um, to have me come to them. The Doctor Makes House Calls. So it's all available at www.tompatry.com. And one more thing, Chris, I wanted to run by you when you read my resume. I don't think you know this. I was named an associate editor at Golf Tips Magazine recently. So I'm doing a, a, a story in each one of their issues, every 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 publication, and I'm also one of their contributing editors now. Ah, congratulations! Good for you. Good for them. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yeah, Chris, if I'm not mistaken, we have a broadcast for you and I on Tuesday night from the Open, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah, so we'll talk from the Open on Tuesday night. But let me say thank you to you. I listened to your earlier cast night with the, with the gentleman from PGA Superstore. And I, I listen to a lot of your, your broadcasts when I'm not on. You're the best in the whole world. I appreciate being on the show. And, and uh, you know, kudos to you for all you do for us out there in golf. And we appreciate you as well. I appreciate you saying that. That means a great deal to me, Tom. Take care, my friend. Good luck out there. And I look forward to catching up with you again, uh, you know, the, on the Tuesday of the, of the open week. It's going to be fantastic to hear what's going on. Chris, thanks. Remember, the word for the week is lobster. <laughs> Indeed, I'm sure you'll be posting some pictures of you eating a lobster. I look forward to uh, looking through your eyes at the lobster that's going to be in front of you. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Good for you. Talk to you, talk to you soon, pal. Thanks for having me. See you, TP. Bye-bye. That's Tom Patry, and again, his website is TomPatry.com, and Patry is P-A-T-R-I. So TomPatry.com, you can follow him on social media, at TomPatry on Twitter as well. He's got some great video lessons out there for you to take a look at and a, a lot of great content, and there's just nobody better than Tom Patry. I, 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 so, I'm, A, I'm jealous of the lobster. B, I'm jealous of the time he's going to be at Shinnecock Hill. And I'll tell you what, as he, as he mentioned a moment ago, the doctor, you know, just what the doctor ordered, that's what I, you know, that would be on my birthday list, my Father's Day list, my Christmas list, any other list I can put together is to have Tom Patrick come to you and teach you and be a part of, you know, helping your swing get better and, and coming to a course near you. I'll tell you, there's no better present than having Tom Patrick uh, visit you. So check that out as well. Again, it's on his website, TomPatrick.com.